Good afternoon, Scottsville and beyond. This is the James Exchange report on Scottsville's town council meeting and the upcoming Buckingham School Board special meeting. I am your host, Nancy Gill. Scottsville Town Council met last night for their monthly public meeting. They held two public hearings, one on the Bird Street housing project and the second on Blenheim Heights. They deferred voting until their meeting in February to give time for the newly appointed councillors, Hines and Bissett, to study the proposals more closely since they are both relatively new to council. Two additional special use permits will be scheduled for public hearings at the February meeting. Several questions have been raised over the past few months on a variety of concerns. Justin Shimp, representative of the property owner and councillors Bullock and Gritzko, commented to these concerns in the following excerpts from Tuesday evening's meeting. Justin Shimp, engineer of the project. I just want to address a couple of points quickly. One, just about I heard that the the developer hasn't been here, hasn't you know, shown up in meetings. So I have worked with Dr. Hurt now for about 20 years. I know of one meeting he has gone to his entire career, or my entire time with him. He hires folks to go do things and wants us to represent his interests. So that's it's nothing about him not wanting to be in Scottsville. It's just it's not how he operates. Um you know, we maybe three or four years ago brought forth an R3 idea for the Blenheim property, roughly in that three or four years. And really, the time that was a much larger development. There are the feedback we got was there was very little desire to even think about that. And so, when you ask the questions like, well, what is this all going to look like? That's a good question. But in Dr. Hurt's perspective is that there's been what, no subdivision here since the 1960s, something like that. He does not anticipate that he's going to sell these lots out in a year, then come back. Maybe it's a 10-year endeavor. Um, so I think the folks are, who are worried about the future, which looks like it's a fair question, but in our minds, it's almost too far down. Hey, what will the housing needs of Scottsville be in 10 years after this first phase? We believe right now that some kind of workforce housing that people can live in, especially be close to the downtown, to walk downtown shops, to use the parks, when I first when I first arrived these properties, we walked down around the tire factory and said, man, what, this is a great place to live. There are people out walking kids in their strollers and down playing baseball. It's great. So I think there'll be a lot of people who will benefit from that. Uh, keep the water out, the people in, I think is a great phrase for that. But as far as, you know, why we haven't proposed, you know, bigger plans, it's really because in our mind, the foreseeable future is a smaller scale. Uh, we're not trying to create 500 units in 10 years. I don't think that's practical or necessary. And the town wanted to see what that looks like. I mean, we're certainly open to those sort of discussions. But again, that's the thing you might plan for. And then 10 years later, finally, you know what? Housing, you know, typology we need has changed. Now we've got to redo this plan. And that's why we have brought forward something more complete, because we don't anticipate the growth is there to sort of consume that housing of time that makes sense to plan that far. So hope that helps with that question then special use permit versus the PUD when we start looking at these properties there was a discussion of doing a PUD ordinance first and I think I don't know the history I don't know the exact nature of why you all went with the special use permit route instead the benefit it gives to you though is you get to write the conditions you have 
you get to write those. The PUD, we sort of have to bring those forward. And it actually, I think the special use permit gives you a little more direct ability to say, we're worried about this and impose a condition rather than us trying to have to kind of figure out what you're worried about and then make a plan that matches that. So I think the special use permit will work well for your purposes. But it just sounds like we need a meeting to get through what some of those things need to be. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else in the audience who didn't get the chance to speak? Close the public hearing and the, uh, I won't say the whole speech again, but I'd like to defer the vote on this until February 22nd and discuss this at the same special meeting we're going to have the first part of February. The motion to that effect. Mr. Mayor, I'd like to make that motion. Okay. Is there a second? <laughs> motion by Vice Mayor Gritzko and they seconded by Councilman Munson. Is there any further discussion on this? Just a couple of points. I, I think I'm glad you brought up the SCP thing. SCP HUD distinction is important to make here. And um, so there's a couple of questions were raised about how we're going to control housing types for the trails be public. That's currently in the SCP. And so that, that's currently part of the conditions that are already in here based on community feedback and what the planning commission gave us. So right now, trails are gonna be public. Intention is to connect to the CNA. And again, with housing types, we already are empowered to make those decisions. Do we want all single family detached? We can say that. Do we wanna mix a duplex and triplex? We can. We just have to check off that, yeah, that's in fact the one that we want in here. So I think in terms of control, I feel really good about this SUP because I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of the control over these specific things down here. Um, so I just wanted to say that, and you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I, for this part of town, um, cause I'm also interested in walkability and I appreciate Susan mentioning that. How do we preserve that in this larger plan? But I also see that <clears throat> this, these 18 units being a, a start. And so I'm glad you mentioned that in terms of like the long-term plan, like what is the vision needs change. And so then you have to revise the whole plan. This seems like a workable thing to start. And in relation to density, again, I want, I would like to see a revised plan for this site that gets rid of the 30% green space. Because that 30% green space isn't even doing anything in terms of parkland on this site. And again, if we get rid of that 30%, take the 18 that are recommended, that's the recommendation from Planning Commission. So not the full freight that was presented, but a reduced number, 18. And you take those 18 across the nine acres there, you've got half acre lots, which is the exact same size as the lots on the neighboring streets, which therefore is an appropriate density neighborhood right next door. To go back to the concerns about traffic, VDOT did the same thing. They've got their calculus for figuring out traffic flow. I forget if there's one more car a minute or something like that mm -hmm. on that street, there might be two cars at the stop sign at the busiest time of the day. And in terms of improving the water down there at the third meeting on Saturday, we heard that there won't be a conflict because the water authority contracts out that work. And so it's not like their guys are over here and then they shift over here. They can have multiple projects going at the same time. So in terms of the upgrades that need to happen in that part of town, we, we can do it. The water authority will be able to handle it. One of the things uh, just to say, well, well said, Councillor Bullock, I, I would just like to add a comment to follow up on uh, a couple of things that were said before. One is that often when people have dialogued about this, I think there's been a, a significant misrepresentation 
or misunderstanding, I'll call it, in terms of understanding what's happening. If you look across our Commonwealth, we go from one of the most growth counties in the country where they have something called South Riding, which put in thousands of houses, to something we're familiar with in Crozet that people like to measure us with. Then when you go back on some data that was already mentioned tonight, where in a 10-year time period, Scottsville lost several dozen people, and there's been no new documented housing stock added since 2009. And when I got my master's degree in public administration, one of the things they helped us to understand is that in any town and in any county and in any state, you've got to have growth, a yearly growth. And so the growth in Scottsville has been stunted not only for years, but for decades. And this stunted growth has been a disservice to our community. And it's been something that we really have not been forward thinking in terms of, and I, I've, I've often said to people when we talk about this issue, we need to think about mostly the people that are not represented here. And that's younger people and even the little ones that, that are on the soccer field and the basketball courts and the baseball fields. The future is about them. It's not about us. It's not about what we say in these meetings. It's about what can we do to create a better future for them. And I often think a lot of this conversation has lost sight of that. People are worried about things today, which is legitimate. But we, I think, have lost sight of it. The evidence is there. We haven't done anything which is extremely out of step with any normal sense of growth. Some of that also is based on the economics that fluctuates. There are times where economic realities make growth not possible and other times where they make it possible. And I, I think this is a time for us to move forward and I'm hopeful that we do. I do think the town community has given us a lot of good input. And I think as town councilors, we should do the best we can to incorporate those many thoughts that people have had and also not forget the silent voices out there and also the voices that are afraid to speak out. There's This has not been a friendly debate that's happened out there. Some of those who said what they've said have scared away a town councilor and I take great offense at that. And I wanna remind each one of us as town councilors that you know, as we make decisions, we do need to make tough decisions and we need to make them in the light of the future, not about the past, not about what we want. We need to think about what's best for the town of Scottsville. And at times, what's best for the town of Scottsville means we need to look past the, the politics of the day. So, so that being said, I think it's a wise idea for us, Mr. Mayor, to meet together, come up with a adjustments that we need to come up with something that we can pass and that is good for the town and it's good for the future. And for the record, that was Mayor Smith calling for the motion directly after the final public hearing on Blenheim Heights. While we are on the subject of housing, the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership is hosting a Missing Middle Housing webinar on Thursday, January the 20th. This is open to the public and is the third of four webinars offered. These webinars are through the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission and past meetings are available for viewing. Links to this 
are in the text part of this podcast. And Buckingham School Board is asking, what does the community want? Buckingham County School Board special meeting this evening is for public comment and input on the hiring of a new superintendent of schools. Dr. John P. Keeler is the interim superintendent. The meeting will be held at the middle school cafeteria on Route 20. Masks are mandatory as the school board follows CDC guidelines. And the board will meet again tomorrow evening to discuss Wednesday's public comments and the survey results. They had a web-based survey and hard copies were available at various places around the county. The board will meet in their regularly scheduled space in the CTE building next to the high school for Thursday evening's meeting. Both meetings start at 6 o'clock p.m. and you can view them online. The link again is in the text part of this podcast. I would love to hear from my listeners. If you want to join in the conversation, send me a quick email at nancy.gill at thejamesriverexchange.com. This is a wrap for the day.